this pod, this episode of the podcast. So, Kyle, you want to do the intro? Uh, oh, fine, I'll just do it. Hey, welcome to Twin Peeps. Hey. Uh, episode three. Episode two. Episode two. Yeah. Uh, which God. is, this is, I believe, the fifth podcast we've recorded. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but it'll be the third one that goes out. Great. Uh. Man, uh, <laughs> we are three for five. Three for three. Well, if this one works, we'll be three for five. <laughs> Which is a sixty percent success rate. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's passing. Yeah. So I guess should we talk about um, in between last week and this week? Yeah. Uh, we have some exciting news. Our Kyle, you want to say the news? Yeah. Uh, so Twin Peeps apparently is getting picked up by a podcast network. Which is every podcaster's dream. Yeah. What? So while we haven't seen any money yet, and we don't know what podcast network is picking us up. Yeah. Uh, we are now on a podcast network. Yeah. This is so, Kyle. You said you had a contact who was helping us out. Yeah. Um, um, well, actually, they're they're sort of a, assuming a producerial role. You know, uh, yeah, you forward me, you forwarded me these notes. You're, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, they just had a couple of, couple of notes about the first two eps. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, this is our third time or our, our third episode, fifth time trying to record it. So I feel like, uh, notes might not be a bad idea. Might help us, uh, you know, cut down the amount of, amount of tries we need to do in order to get an episode right. That's a good point. Just a question. It says yeah. uh, the notes were signed from Dana. Is this the same Dana that you dated in college? Uh, sh- yeah. Okay. So, but is, it, is what should she still have this much control over your life? She's controlling your podcast now. It's not. I mean, she's a producer. Um. It's it controls all. Uh, it's a strong word, you know. It, it notes are notes are notes. They're not. I was one hundred percent ready to take these notes, but now that I know they're coming from Dana, who I do not like. Um, hmm. Oh shit, <laughs> she's our producer. She's going to listen to this. Yeah. Um, I have mixed feelings towards Dana, and dude, you're making it really hard to edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um. All right. We'll edit now. I like Dana a lot. She's great. I have nothing against her. Right. But I think that... You you don't like the notes? Yeah, I don't like the notes now that I know they're from her. But only because you know that they're from her. Yeah. Hmm. Well, okay, I guess... Sure. I will... I mean... She said we'll we'll discuss the notes uh, between this episode and next episode. So I'm not really yeah. gonna do them. Well, yeah, you can... and, yeah, uh, yeah. One thing just to keep in mind, uh, she did say that if we do follow the notes or at least take some of them, um, it's gonna be a lot easier to get some guests coming in. You That's know, true. like it's not gonna be so turned off by a podcast that needs to record five times for three episodes. Um, That's true. And she did say we're having a guest next week. Um, yeah, and I, I think it's kind of like a, a dry, dry not a dry run, but like a, a test run to see, you know, yeah, how we how we gel with that. It's um, Chris Hardwick, is what I've been thinking. Right. Well, it, she said it was a said it was a good guess. So yeah. I mean, <laughs> who else could it be? Right. I'm. I'll be disappointed if it isn't him, but. Yeah, I'm assuming it is. It'd be a special talking peaks app, yeah, you know? for sure. So yeah. I guess um, I yeah. So anyways, we'll uh, welcome our new producer Dana, and mm-hmm. we're happy to be a new part of this network. Which we don't actually know the name yet, but I'm sure you know they'll put a banner at the beginning. Yeah, um, it'll be great. Yeah. Um, but we, we might have to record a few ads. Uh, heads well, up, but. Kyle, that's a great uh, segue to our uh, mystery segment this week, and Ooh. again. It's called mystery segment because it's a mystery to the listeners, but obviously we plan this out ahead of time. Sure. Um, and I mean, you've gotten the email from uh, Dana about uh, what the ad is, and uh, mm. it's an ad for uh, someone to watch Dana's cat for next weekend. Mm. Uh, so I guess we should drop it in right here for our first ad. Actually, Kyle, I'm realizing the script starts with my name, so I'll just uh, I'll read my section, and then it looks like you have a section at the end. Oh, okay, uh, great. 
So we've rehearsed this again. This is the second time we're recording the podcast. Yeah. So it's not screwed up. Yeah. All right. Well, this is the third time we've done the ad, but this yeah. is the third time we've done the ad. Yeah. Hey, do you want to watch Dana's cat? Oh, I screwed it up. Oh, okay. Okay. Can we, we're going to edit this out. Yeah. Hey, oh shit. Okay. Just take your time. It's fine. Okay. Hey, are you free this weekend and want to watch Dana's cat? If so, go to I'llWatchDanasCat.com to sign up to watch her cat. Enter promo code I'llWatchYourCat for an extra 10% more cat watching. Uh, insert cat noise here. Okay, I think that it was supposed to be you making a cat noise, but I guess uh, we'll change that in post. What? Uh, oh, fuck. Whatever. Okay, let's. how about we talk about Twin Peaks? Sure, yeah. That's what, that's what this is about. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, this week is crazy. This is I have so <laughs> I've I have so much to talk about, Kyle. And this was I, I just at the outset of the actual uh discussion of Twin Peaks, I have to just mention how vindicated I feel about everything that I've been telling you. Oh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Oh, when does the police work start to suck? Now. Oh, when does it get just get really freaking weird now it's yeah. amazing it's a great feeling i i guess the best way to do this is we're just going to go through our normal segments and hopefully we can hit on like half of the stuff i want to talk about right um, um so i guess we're going to start off with the short summary yeah and, and actually uh i i've finally picked up on the form of what the summary should be I'm going to okay. try to actually go through as many of the story beats as possible. No more of this like Wikipedia synopsis BS. Just actually try to lay out some of what is happening in the episodes. Okay. You still have one minute okay. and begin. The Horn brothers visit one-eyed Jacks as federal agent Dale Cooper obtains his first lead through unconventional means. Tensions rise between Bobby, Leo, and Shelley while Donna and James admit their feelings to and for one another. Audrey and Donna connect briefly while Albert and his men butt heads with the local law enforcement. Josie uncovers a secret and Cooper dreams a dream that will never die. Okay, great. Yeah. That was that was like 25 seconds. Perfect. Yeah. We, we can constantly be shortening this segment. I yeah, we're I'm capping you at 30 seconds now, Let's and you it. didn't even get close to that. Perfect. Sure. So yeah, I I guess we're just gonna start out with weirdest character. Um, <laughs> that seems the the least crazy thing about this episode is that is to ask for weirdest character. Yep, yep. Um, and actually, I think uh, in out of respect for this being your first time watching this episode, I think it's only fair. Not even fair, but I think it's uh I'm going to let you answer first for these, uh, for all these segments. Cause I feel like you should get the first swing at it. Um, okay. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think you're going to be disappointed with who I'm going to say is my weirdest character for this one. Mm. Um, I'm going to have to go with, okay, shit. I can't remember her name. <laughs> Lady with the eye patch. Nadine. Nadine. I got to go with Nadine. Sure. Yeah, she was the uh, she was the first person I wrote down. I had a couple of backups just in case, but yeah. Yeah. But she really goes nuts this week. <laughs> she her, her her big scene is where uh her husband interrupts her while his hands are covered in grease mm -hmm. and the floor is covered in uh cotton balls and uh uh like balsa wood basically. Balsa wood, I guess. Yeah. And she drops, and he drops uh, his oil onto the balsa wood, mm -hmm. making the perfect runners. Right. Yeah. And she gets so upset. And maybe in the weirdest part for her, she seems to gain superhuman strength <laughs> and breaks her exercise machine. <laughs> yeah. Was that a moment of superhuman strength? Is that, am I looking oh, at that correctly? She, she breaks the exercise machine. That definitely does happen. Um, yeah, what the, uh, what the ramifications are for that, you, you won't quite find out until I think season two is when it really pays off. But, uh, yeah, she, she breaks it. She breaks yeah, it. she destroys it. So I don't know. She's full crazy in this episode. <laughs> Later on, it turns out that that was a blessing in disguise. She runs to her husband in a way that seems like she's about to attack him. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's unpredictable. Gives him a hug, and she's positive that they're going to become rich 
after he's done this to her. I, I think I, I think she gets the weird uh, weird crown for the week. Yeah. Uh, do you agree with that? And then you're going to go with your secondary or there? I think. Um, well, again, there. Yeah, she's the first person I have down. I think she's the most immediately weird. Similar situation to the log lady where it's like there's weirdness that's been building there. And like this episode just really pays it off. Um, yes. But uh, I think you also have to give it up to Leland in this episode. Uh, Leland Palmer is uh, he's starting to exhibit the signs of craziness that were previously only seen by Sarah Palmer uh, with mm-hmm. his cry dancing. Um, yeah, I was actually surprised that uh, hit the uh, both Palmer's mother's name, Sarah, that uh, Sarah Palmer didn't let out her catchphrase scream. A, a little bit. She saw him doing that. She, a little bit. She does. Um, she yelled, but she didn't do the catchphrase scream. It, I was yeah. disappointed that that didn't happen. <laughs> well, they can't. Uh, they can't give it to you every episode. It wouldn't be. Wouldn't be I special. wanted it. I wanted it too bad. They knew. They, they yeah. knew that I was expecting it, and they didn't give it to me. <laughs> Um, it, and the, uh, the third, third character, um, ironically not Sarah Palmer's this episode. She's much more the, the saner Palmer of the two, this ep, uh, mm-hmm. uh, change of pace. Um, it's a character that we will no doubt talk about later in the episode. Um, but for now I'm going to give it up to Leland, uh, just for argument's sake, because I don't want to double back on. The third character, because we're gonna talk at length about who, him. We know who we're talking about. Oh, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Let's wait on it. Yeah, um, well, uh, I'll let you. Actually, we'll probably talk about it now because it's weirdest scene time, and I will let, let you take it from here. Yeah, I. Yeah, I guess. I, Come okay, on. I guess I gotta do it. There's, <laughs> there's no other. There's no other thing that comes close to it. It was insane. I, what a way to end an episode. Did you, okay. I, I need to ask this before uh, moving forward. How much did you know about Twin Peaks before you started watching it? And did you think anything like this was on the table? So I didn't think anything like this would be on the table, but I remember one time I was watching some David Lynch movie at a party. I don't remember what it was, but they were doing that that creepy thing where they're speaking backwards and you can, yeah. That thing? Yep. So I've seen that before. I think that was in another David Lynch movie. Yeah. And so when I saw that, that didn't weird me out as much as it immediately would have, like, in any other way. (laughs) You mean how it weirded out uh, 1990 America watching ABC? Absolutely. So I'll I'll just read you my notes. So (laughs) Please, please do. So Coop's having a dream. Yeah. We see... A guy or apparently a child shaking. It later turns out to be a little person. Sure. There's the scary guy with long hair. Uh, yes. Who is now named? We now know his name. What's his name? Bob. Okay, Bob. Yep. And, uh, oh, uh, for future notes, uh, Bob is spelt with all capital letters. <laughs> of, of course. Yep. Of course. Yeah. And then some other guy starts delivering a monologue. Uh, so that is Mike. But it appear it sounds like he's talking about, isn't Bobby's friend named Mike? Yeah, Mike and Bobby, and then there's Bob and Mike. Mike, uh, the one-armed man, uh, his name is also spelt with all capital letters. But yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I'm really disappointed that I didn't catch this until like my second time watching it. But yeah, Mike and Bob, Bobby and Mike. So I honestly, what I thought was happening was that he was some like alternative form of Mike, of <laughs> of like the Bash Brothers, Mike. It's uh, that, it's Back to the Future, actually. He, they're they're they've both come back. And I just thought he was like the dream form of Mike, from mm. you know the teenage kid Mike. Yeah. That for for some reason he's an old guy, but I guess that makes he. So he was the guy with one arm, right? He's the one arm man. Uh, yeah. He mentions he had a tattoo, the mark of the devil, or the deviled one. I I don't remember the exact words that he uses, but he had a tattoo on his left arm, um, like this, yeah, of a of a dark being. And so 
after he saw the face of God, quote unquote, he took off his own arm. Yeah. So that's so he cut off his own arm. We see Coop with old age makeup on. Oh, just the worst. The worst. He doesn't. Makeup. It does not look very good. He does not look like what Kyle, Kyle McLaughlin, McLaughlin today. Now. To be fair, Kyle McLaughlin has aged fantastically. He so, does, but yeah. he just—it's—it does not look like good old age makeup. No, he looks like a, no. a young guy wearing old age makeup. <laughs> it's still better than Prometheus, but you know what can you do? There's someone who looks like Laura Palmer, and the and well, it's the, played by the same actress. Yeah, Sherilyn Fenn, I think is the name. So she's like the dream version of Laura Palmer. I mean, I don't think there's—you can say that it's the real Laura Palmer because it's a dream, you know. Yeah, and. Well, both Laura and the little person talk backwards. No, uh, but actually, uh, to confirm, um, it's not actually Laura Palmer. She, uh, like the the little man whose character name is the man from another place. Uh, yeah, he specifically says, "Doesn't it look a lot like Laura Palmer?" And he's like, "You're Laura Palmer, right?" And she's like, "I feel like I know her, but sometimes my arms bend back." I okay, I agree, but isn't this a dream? Does it does it matter if someone isn't quite someone? It's still the benefit. Or is it not just a dream? We just have to watch, keep watching. Okay, yeah. I, good answer. I'm only answering. Uh, uh, I'm only uh, elucidating facts that we know up. Yeah. To this point. So, person who isn't Laura Palmer, but is almost Laura Palmer, except right. her arms are different. Her arms she... sometimes bend back. They sometimes went backwards. She tells Coop a secret. Coop wakes up, says that he knows who killed Laura Palmer, <laughs> and says it can wait. It's not even a. He's not in a hurry to I, about it. I love that line and exchange so much. It's like, no, it can wait. So it's. I'm. I'm unsure if that's the coolness of Coop, or if that's the. Like, if it's part of the spell of the dream. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, again, not going to talk about what happens in future episodes. We don't, For sure. Yep, we don't know about it. But it's it's just so, I don't know. It's, it's strange how much I enjoy that little turn of the usual, like what you would expect, you know? That, that was maybe one of the creepiest parts of the scene. That's one of the parts that stuck with me. Like, no, it can wait. Yeah, because the other part's a dream. Weird stuff can happen in dreams. Yeah. But this is him waking up. It's real life again. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't, he's not in a hurry to say what happened. He's right. going back to bed. He, yeah, he's going back to bed. But also, I'm surprised you haven't uh, talked about it, but I'm sure you noticed it. The different that, title sequence? Uh, no, 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 not that. Um, well, there is that. But uh, he, <laughs> after he uh, is, or when he's hanging up the phone with Harry, uh, he starts snapping along to the music that he's still hearing in his head from the oh. dream. Oh, jeez. Okay, sure. Why oh, not? Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's obviously the weirdest scene of the episode. There's no way to get around it. Yeah. Uh, I So but in the spirit of... Um, in the spirit of the structure that we have thus far of needing to pick a secondary scene, I'm going to... You need to. Yeah, I got I to gotta pick something else. Um, so, and actually, there, there's there's something else, a part of that scene that I want to get back to in a bit, but uh, we, can, we can hold off on that. Um, so, for my weirdest scene, I have three Wait, other well, before options. Before you say it, I'm afraid you're going to pick my favorite scene. That's Ooh. what I'm afraid you're going to do. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm guessing I know which one that is. If, okay, so if don't pick that one. If it's not that one, yeah. Um, so then we're down to two. Uh, I think uh, the scene with Nadine's super strength is pretty effing weird. It's yeah. not the weirdest by any stretch of ima the imagination, but it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, for a distant runner-up, it's a contender. Mm -hmm. And then um, uh, just... Not even weird in the sense of Twin Peaks, but weird in the sense of just social norms. Um, Jerry and Ben going to a brothel together, them yeah. being blood-related brothers, is not great. Like, 
yeah. really just kind of weird. Oh wait, can I can I introduce a scene that I think is actually no, I this scene might be the weirdest scene. It's not. It's it. it I I need to nominate another one. Yeah, you, you can't beat the dream as being know, the weirdest scene. But, but like, it's, uh, just it's just a dream bring it up. sequence though. Anything can happen in a dream. Yeah, bring it up. What is it? The opening scene of uh, what are their names again? I don't remember anyone. Uh, what's Audrey's family's name? The, the what's their last name? Yeah, Horn. Yeah, so the Horn family is having dinner. Yep. The brother's wearing a Native American headdress. Yep. They're all very quiet at dinner. Mm-hmm. Uncle Jerry <laughs> busts in. Dear He's old back Uncle from Paris. Jerry. Yep. He's got sunglasses on. They're playing cool music. Just the best hair as well. He's got, yeah. And he's like an older guy. He's got an armful of huge sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Ben. Baguettes. So it's Ben no and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry talking, mm-hmm. mouth full of bread, so you can't understand what they're saying. <laughs> and they're so excitedly eating these sandwiches. They're orgasmically eating these sandwiches. Meanwhile, uh, no one else talks. No. Yeah, except for uh, Benjamin Horn's wife, whose name I can never remember because she has such a bit part. Uh, and she, I think she only says, Benjamin, as in, get this rap scale in out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I no. think that scene might be weirder because the other one's a dream scene. Right. If you have a weird dream during the day, like like at night when you're sleeping, that's weird. But then later in the day, if somebody comes up to you with a mouthful of sandwich bread and starts talking <laughs> to you and you see another guy and they're doing that same thing too, what's weirder to you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, it's a, I, we're, we're talking about weirdness in a, in I think two different ways. Like, there's weird as a viewer and then weird as in uh, existing within the world. And I think like, yeah, there's uh, weird existing in the world. I think you got a point. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's, I think you could argue that that scene is the weirdest scene. I was laughing. It's hilarious. Yeah. Well, no, that's my, that was my third contender actually. And the one I I thought you were picking as your favorite. Um, Oh no, that's not my favorite. Wow. Um, but before we leave that scene, I do also want to specify what exactly the sandwiches are because it's amazing. And by amazing, I mean, it just sounds disgusting. It's brie, butter, and then something else. It's, it's, or I shouldn't say disgusting. It just sounds like not as enticing as what they're, uh, <laughs> what they How lead you to believe. It? Yeah. It's a, it's a buttered baguette with brie. That's, That's it. it. Just brie and butter. Brie, That's good. butter, and baguette. I'd eat it. I, I mean, I'm sure it's fine, but the, oh my god, <laughs> their reactions to that alliterative sandwich is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think I'd be that excited about it. No, no. All right, so yeah, definitely a lot of weird scenes in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, that scene is my contender for Batter David Lynch, oddly enough, speaking of segues. Yeah, that's definitely got to be up there. Just not obviously nothing. The nothing of the precursor, but just the eating, how they're eating, how mm-hmm. it just they're elicits. Really it up. Yeah, they're just eliciting this like really strong visceral flashback reaction in both of the brothers, um, to like two women that they remember back in mm-hmm. their youth. Like, yeah, oh, God, it's just so weird. It's just so weird. For uh, my batter, David Lynch, I think I gotta go with uh, the Bash Brothers. Can I call them the Bash Brothers? Is that a reference that you understand? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. Mike. It, see, because there's there's two groups of uh, of Mike and uh, what's their what's his name? Uh, Bob. Need, yeah, there's two Mike and Bobbies now. Can the, we call them the Bash Brothers? They're teenagers. They're rough and tumble guys. Uh, well, first off, uh, Bobby. <laughs> there's only one Bobby. But there's oh. only one Bob. Okay, sure. Right. Bob is never Bobby. It's never Robert. It's only Bob. All uh, right. Anyways, <laughs> Mike and Bobby. Mike and Bobby. They have their little showdown with Leo. Sure, the Hardy Boys. And once again, I just don't think Leo's good. I'm just not. <laughs> oh, this episode didn't win you over on him. No, I just <laughs> he just seems so wooden. And oh, he, you mean as an actor? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were it, talking about his moral. No. <laughs> His morality. Is that something that David Lynch is trying to do? Is uh, he supposed to be like that? Or is this guy just not great at acting? 
uh, again, I kind of think it's it's a combo of both. You know, okay. like so, it's a good contender for the uh, for the segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like we're kind of cheating because it, it was virtually the same thing uh, that I brought up a couple of eps ago. I think of uh, okay. No, but it's totally legit. It's it's your pick, not my pick. Um, yeah. I, although I I I enjoyed that scene a lot. I think like especially not not necessarily how it's acted, but just like what it means, you know. Yeah, it does have a lot to it. It shows that Leo and Laura definitely had a relationship of some some sort. They bring the football back into it, which yeah. we saw Leo piercing the football earlier. So that right. was uh, fun to see that come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, I also, think it's also. An, it, it, or I'm sorry. Go on. Well, I was just saying? I was just gonna say um it it also puts uh Bobby and Leo directly uh yeah they're they're actually talking face to face which we haven't really seen yet it's just been Bobby you know sneaking mm-hmm. around with Shelley behind Leo's back and then now it's it's you know it's very uh, menacing and threatening and the the tension is palpable. Oh, yeah. He gives that little monologue about, you know, not wanting to, mm-hmm. or about wanting to find the guy who's sleeping with his lady. Right. Yeah. And He's uh, bringing in those other brand of cigarettes into his house. Yeah. Oh, that's good detective work. Mm-hmm. Speaking of good detective work. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> let's talk about some great detective work. <laughs> Can I actually tell you about some detective work that I got in my head? I, it took me a really long time to realize that Laura is probably, she was, she must've been working as a prostitute at the, uh, that casino. Is that, is that correct? We don't know either way. Okay. The, when, what's his face? When Mr. Horn goes, when Benjamin Horn goes to the brothel and he picks up that lady, the the new girl. Mm Mm-hmm. Zoe Deschanel. Right. It was really weird with her mom being on set too, but yeah. Yeah. Is that the same actress that plays Laura Palmer? Because mm, she no. looks kind of similar. No. Right. Different. Different actress. They they do look similar though, right? Well, yeah, like blonde. Uh, okay. <laughs> same hair color. Okay. <laughs> no. Blonde white. I don't know. Um, okay. Anyways. No, we, I, 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 guess... I can see the I can see the vague similarity, but no, it's not the same actress. Anyways, let's talk about Mike's police files. Mike's police work that he's doing on his own time. <laughs> I mean, Mike, I mean me. Right, yeah. Not one of I, the two Mike characters. Laura was totally working at that, uh, at the, uh, at the brothel. Mm. She must have been. Mm. I think that's, uh, because she had that ad. She had the personal ad with her in the lingerie. Sure. And. I don't know, though. They're introducing, us, they're, introducing, they're introducing us to a brothel. I think it's got to be the case. Seems a seems a bit of a stretch. I don't know. Yeah. Got to get some more. Uh, Got to get some more evidence. Otherwise, we have to release him in the morning. Yeah. You know? Okay. So let's talk about the worst police work. <laughs> <laughs> there's one thing to talk about. There's, there's there's no there's no there's nothing else we could talk about other than the scene. Kyle, tell me what happens in this scene. Oh, it's just the finest bit of detective work. Actually, before we get into it, do we want to drop in the uh, theme? Sure, let's cue the theme and go. Bum bum. All right, great. Great great sound draft. Sure, yeah. No, it took me a while to find that. Um, Don't anyone tell Dick Wolf that we're using that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so here is finally when the police work really just goes down the shitter. And there's a lot, a lot that I love about this scene. (laughs) So first off, they take legitimately good clues, right? So mm-hmm. you, you got Laura Palmer's diary of like, I'm nervous to meet Jay tonight. Uh, and not Jay from Serial, but Jay, letter J. Um, uh, then you have the other clue of uh, the note that Coop gets in his door at the Great Northern of jack with one eye which us viewers know is one-eyed jacks mm-hmm. um so you take these two solid clues and you throw in some rocks you throw in some bottles and 
you and throw a map in of Tibet. You a forgot map the map of, of Tibet. Tibet. <laughs> I was getting to Tibet <laughs> because it is a Tibetan ritual that he's doing, which allows him to uh, channel his intuition such that he doesn't need credible evidence to really uh, start down a lead. He just kind of throws rocks at bottles and then lets, I don't know, just like some spiritual force uh, guide the rock to the bottle with whomever is he's reciting as he throws the rock. And he's also using all the resources of the police force. He has everyone <laughs> there. It's, yes, all of the characters that we know. Uh, yeah. In his defense, the police force is actually a little bit bigger than just okay. those yeah not much but um you do see other police officers every so often especially in the background and whatnot um but he is still taking the sheriff uh a few of his deputies the and the receptionist so yeah cool. can i just say all the things i liked about it there's a lot oh. of things i just wanted to say them all oh yeah go no go for it he has the little pointer thing that he keeps bringing in and out, and he only ever uses it to point to Tibet. That's yep. the only purpose of it. Just in case you forgot what I mentioned about five minutes ago. Here, He Tibet. literally just says, have you heard of Tibet? Points at the map, <laughs> flips it over, and never uses the pointer again other than to let people know that there is a country called Tibet. Uh, yep. I love that aspect. To be I fair, when he, when he first mentions Tibet, Everyone, uh, the small audience that he's assembled, all lean in. They're very interested in Tibet and what Coop has to say about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so, that. Yeah. The oh. guy holding the uh, the guy holding the uh, like basket of rocks. No, it's a it's a pot of rocks. Yeah, it's. A, he's it's wearing oven mitts. Deputy Hawk. Yep. Deputy Hawk is wearing oven mitts. Mm-hmm. He hits someone in the head with a rock. Uh, Andy. Andy, he hits Andy in the head with a rock, and Andy mm-hmm. is pretty okay with it. There's a big <laughs> stack of donuts in the corner the whole time. Right. The, the Stacked up too high, as always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The coffee is delicious. So delicious, he spits it out. <laughs> this damn fine coffee. He's, it's so good. Yep. He has a chalkboard, and the best part, mm-hmm. the his strategy brings him to the two best conclusions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so there's the brothel of one eyed jacks and also leo johnson the man with the bloody shirt who just beat his wife so yeah yeah so for jacoby it hits the bottle but it isn't broken yeah which i feel like is the most symbolic thing that i don't understand <laughs> right now but you, you feel like the symbolism is perfect somehow. there's some symbolism that's really well thought out there yeah yeah and when it uh it says leo johnson he hits the bottle Oh, that that's uh yeah. I Leo is so guilty right now. <laughs> I know uh, there's I know he probably isn't, but it's uh I I I I'm, I think it's it was a decent strategy. I think it's I think it's it's it wants me that I think they should investigate Leo. Well, I think he's the number one suspect. Oh yeah. No, he, he's he's definitely prime sub uh suspect number 1, although again, they have no no hard evidence. To tie him to this. Like, if they were to investigate him, they have nothing to bring him in on at this point. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's where, that's where kind of like the, the level of the police work is, <laughs> is going kind of downhill. Um, yeah. Although I will say for the scene, it's a, it does well for the viewer uh, in recapping sort of Laura's connection with these people. Um, cause it still is like a lot of characters and especially since it's, you know, three, two, three weeks after the initial airing and the initial introduction of these people just to go back over and like, yeah, yeah. she helped Josie with her English. She helped Johnny with, uh, just around and yeah. great narrative structure. And they actually showed the faces of the people. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, Hey, it, it was a perfect scene for you, Mike. You know, it, I, it was a great scene. Yeah. I, I, it may be my favorite scene. Sure. Um, can I, <laughs> This is a mini little segment that I want to talk about real quick. Ooh, all but right. Both relating to Tibet. <laughs> there were two parts in this episode that seemed like a live action cartoon. <laughs> both involving Tibet. Once when he first says Tibet and everyone leans in. Yep. That's a very cartoony moment. Yep. And the other one was later in the episode 
when they're in the police station and some FBI goons come in and they're having their conversation and they cut over to the secretary and she has a big old book in front of her that says Tibet. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, he did a what a good joke. He did a great job selling the the people of Tibet and their plight to the to the sheriff's department. That's that's such like a cheesy corny joke to yeah. do. Oh, of course. And I loved it. It was great. Yep. Oh, uh, it's pretty Yep. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um so actually now that we've uh we've talked about the requisite scenes, I think this is a good time for me to bring up a pet theory that I think I'm developing. Um, Fire away. So, we all know that Agent Dale Cooper is a super cop, right? He's mm-hmm. the coolest guy in the world. And all that. Um, it, on this third time that I'm watching through the ep, uh, through the series, I kind of think uh, I don't have too much evidence for this right now, uh, but I kind of think that he's basically a, uh, it's he's basically David Lynch Mary suing himself into this show. Like, okay. And the reason why I say that: a super cop, b young, c attractive. Yeah, all the qualities of Mary Sue character. Yes. Um, he's very interested in the Buddhist country of Tibet, uh, mm-hmm. Buddhism being uh, a prime practitioner of transcendental meditation. I believe uh, the article or uh, the episode title has Zen in it. It's like Zen yep. or catching a Yeah, thief. Zen or to catch a serial killer or Zen or to catch a killer. One of those yeah. two. Um, so it's it's... It's a country that is steeped in uh, meditative practices, which, as we've established, David Lynch himself is very much into. Um, In this scene, it's also... uh, So it's Cooper, who's a white man, (laughs) really interested in Zen Buddhism, basically, or at least the plight of its practitioners, uh, who's using this method that he's learned from them in order to uh, divine you know, basically what he's going to do next. Like it's basically this transcendental meditative practice working, like working flawlessly. It's setting them off down the best paths. Like it works. Uh, But then also (laughs) as well, uh, because we've already talked about the dream scene, (laughs) Uh, Coop is also allowed to be smooching high school girls, which have we, as we've discussed, David yeah. Lynch seems to have a thing with. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And I, th- that definitely stuck out in my mind. And when he did that, he was even older. Yep. He was in old age makeup. Yep. I, I can make one more connection for you with uh, David Lynch and Agent Dale Cooper. Go for it. They're both little bit, they're both kind of weirdos. <laughs> 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 not even in a bad way not even no, in a bad way no, no, but no. uh the one that uh springs to mind for me is uh that scene where uh what was it it's they're in the uh police station and the fbi goons are about to come mm-hmm. and he tweaks truman's nose <laughs> oh, yeah. he gives a little <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> I missed it this time around. I have to go back and watch that again. How great is that? <laughs> it's so goddamn weird. <laughs> it's it, it was so adorable to see when that happened. <laughs> it made me very happy. Oh, uh, speaking of Truman and Coop, I, I have to talk about um, in the police work scene, quote unquote, uh, when, <laughs> when the sheriff asks Coop about, uh, so he's like, you really learn this from Tibet or something like that. And Coop is just so excited and so glad that the sheriff is asking him this to like verify what this practice is. He's like, yes, yes, I did. Yeah. And he's not picking up on the sheriff's just sheer uh, (laughs) distrust and just confusion by what the hell is happening right now the sheriff's still supporting him though i think he's definitely going along with it like i think i think he should because he's a better detective than he is yeah he he figured out that uh he was dating uh josie 
Josie. Come on, man. There was pictures with, like, you could see Josie's face, and they say Josie Packard. I've seen Truman (laughs) impressed, like, six times for when Cooper figured stuff out. And I think that that's going to carry him through these weird uh, meditations that he wants to do. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying he should necessarily like bring it up, but just the fact that Coop is like I think he's still definitely he's proceeding with trepidation. Uh okay. like he's definitely following, but I I don't think he's like 100% on board with what's going on. He's still just like this is weird. I'm going to let this guy do what he wants cuz he's in charge, but it's still weird. For sure. Actually, uh, I think a good segue for this stuff, uh, your theory, mm-hmm. was the conversation that I had this last weekend with David Lynch. I actually called him up again. Wow. My my interview with him uh, last time did not go very well, if you remember. Mm, yeah. No, it was, it was weird. Yeah. I didn't prepare at all. I, I'm not good at, like thinking, you know, stuff off the top of my head like that. So I wasn't, I wasn't really ready for it. Yeah. That's I didn't fine. think that the number was real, honestly, when you gave me it. Right. Right. So, uh, actually, it was a different Kyle. I think it was Kyle McLaughlin. Or, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Man, we got to get him Kyle. for the next episode. I don't, I don't know. Dana said she had a guest. She had. A, she said that she had a great guest. Oh. And I don't know who it's going to be. That's so, uh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I assumed that it was Chris Hardwick. Yeah. I might be wrong about that. It, like, were there any uh, hints as to it being Hardwick? She said it's a great guest. And instantly, my mind was like, oh, Chris Hardwick. Sure, the the king of conversation, the king of conversation. Yeah, and he's the king of podcasts and of the nerds, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyways, and sure. in general, he does a lot of like talking about TV shows. So yeah, I assumed. Anyways, yeah. let's um. Can you drop in the interview that uh, or at least like a clip of it from uh, from then? Y- yeah, I suppose. Hello, uh, Mister uh, Lynch. I'm so happy that you. Uh, uh, agreed to speak with me again. I'm so sorry about last week. I was nervous and I, I, I don't know. Some stuff came out of my mouth. I'm, I'm unhappy with it. Thanks for agreeing to talk to me. It's quite all right. Um, I, How I, are you? I know when you talk into the phone, you, it seems like you hold it at arm's length and then scream, but it seems to be a little too far away this time and I can't really hear you very well. Sorry. Oh, thank you. That's a, I'm guessing you got your elbow cocked a little bit, so it's, it's not super far away. Yeah, I'm not as young as I used to be. Yeah, so I I wanted to talk to you, uh, I guess, this week. I wanted to talk to you about two different topics. First of all, about uh, uh, your relationship with Agent... Are you clapping? Oh, sorry, I was slapping my knee with how excited I am. Okay. I wanted to talk uh, to you about uh, how you uh, present uh, teenage girls in uh, Twin Peaks. There's a scene where Kyle McLaughlin's character, FBI agent Dale Cooper, shares a kiss with a uh, kind of Laura Palmer, but not quite Laura Palmer. Right. But still, nonetheless, supposed to be a teenage girl. Yeah. And he's wearing old old age makeup, so it seems like a huge age difference. And I was wondering if you could speak on that, talk about that a little bit. Sure. Uh, Well, the inspiration for the scene came to me in a dream. Much like the dream that we shot, which was the scene. Do you understand? Wait, so in your dreams, people speak backwards with subtitles? Yes, but it was me talking to Mark Frost. It was a weird dream. Who's Mark Frost? He's the co-creator, you idiot. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I'm, yeah, I, man, you should talk to Kyle. I wish Kyle was having this conversation. So Um, do I. Is there a mediator when you're speaking in these type of dreams? Is there a, a little person? No. I also am not sure if they prefer that term anymore. Oh, oh, shoot. Uh, oh, shoot. Do you know what they do prefer? No, but I'm a champion of midgets. <laughs> I, I, I think that term definitely isn't the one that you're supposed to use. But, uh, okay, Fine, so... dwarves. Game anyways, of Thrones. I so love that. Your, so, a, anyways, when... Uh, Did you uh, watch the season five premiere of what? Game of Thrones. No, I no, I, I'm still catching up on Twin Peaks. You're wasting your time. Watch okay. Game of Thrones. <laughs> so that's the interview I had with uh, David Lynch. It was uh, 
it was a weird interview. Um, yeah, it kind of seemed like he had a lot more to say, but then he just kind of ended it. He was really excited about uh, Game of Thrones. Well, I mean, he talked well, about he, Game of Thrones for a while. We talked a little more after that. I guess we could cut to cut to the rest of the conversation. Yeah, uh, drop it in. Well, I should we just skip all the t- Game of Thrones talk, or should we leave in a little bit of it? Uh, uh, maybe it, I'll I'll determine on the editing floor. Okay. Yeah. All right, Mister Lynch. I promise I'll I'll watch Game of Thrones. I've watched the first two seasons. It's I, great. I, when Khaleesi's in Marine, it's just you watch, heartbreaking when she deals with her dragons. Did you watch the? the new season premiere of course i did and the episodes that leaked yeah well you described all the previous episodes to me in detail and i just uh, wanted to get you caught up you really need to watch the show i feel caught up thank you can we can we talk about twin peaks again i guess this this call's been going for like four hours hey you called me buddy yeah so uh i guess we just talked about I, i feel like we really didn't get into it about uh, sexuality on Twin Peaks. It seems like the only times people are sexualized are where when they're teenagers or when they're old people. And in the case of uh, episode three, it's an old person making out with a very uh, young uh, girl. Right. Or, uh, a, 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 a young woman. What are your thoughts on that? I, well, I remember it well. Uh, yeah, it, it's really the only two times in a person's life when you should be sexualized, you know? I, 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 I kind of, I kind of don't think so. I like, I mean, I'm in my twenties. I'm, I'm pretty attracted to people in my twenties. Like right when you're able to have kids and then way after you're not able to have kids, any of that time in between, it's just bad timing. Okay. Is there a reason, uh, I, I guess since you're talking about Game of Thrones, I, I feel like there isn't any uh, incest in uh, in Twin Peaks. Is that something you wanted to touch on and didn't have time to? Or does it happen later in the series? I'm, I'm only on episode three. You're only on episode three? I'm not going to talk about the future of the show. Okay. Even though I think you should not be watching it. Oh, oh, how come I'm you not going to spoil it. Why don't you think I should watch your show? Because you should be watching Game of Thrones. Okay, so once I catch up with Game of Thrones, which I can only watch one episode because there's one episode of season five, right? Then then we can have this conversation. Yes. Okay. So at, at that point, I hung up the phone so I could watch Game of Thrones, uh, the season yeah. five premiere. How'd you like it? I I don't remember it at all. Uh, yeah. There was a lot of uh, dragons, yeah, and there were some dragons. Uh, there was incest. Well, yeah. Talk there of it. People wearing armor with swords. Yes. Yeah. There quite quite a lot of that. Well, it sounds like uh, you got pretty much the all you could get out of that episode, um, which I'm I'm sure David Lynch found uh, pretty. Yeah. Uh, pretty good. I guess um, maybe I guess maybe in, uh, later in the episode we can uh, drop some more sound bites, but I I feel like we should. Uh, move on a little bit to a section of best music cue. Sure. And this is, and obviously we drop in the music cue here. Uh, so yeah. yeah, Kyle, best music cue. What do you got? Oh man. Um, well, I, <laughs> I, I might be swooping in and taking yours on this one. Uh, Pennsylvania six, 5,000. It has to be my music cue choice. Uh, I don't know what that means. Could you? It's the it's the song that they play while Leland Palmer is screamed or cry dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is Pennsylvania six five thousand. Yeah, that's probably got to be it. I, I did, did we mention he smears his own blood all over the picture too? Uh, no, no, we actually didn't. Um, that happens too. Mm-hmm. Well, the picture first breaks, uh, shattering the glass into his hand, and he's like, oh. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the approximate noise that he makes. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess the only thing to compete with that maybe is uh, when Audrey uh, has her dance scene in this episode. More sexy teenage Audrey dancing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's not, it, it's not a very memorable music cue. But, no, uh, it, it's just it's uh, it's Audrey's theme again. You know, I think this is like the second or third time we've seen her dance to that same song. Um, so I don't know. Uh, that scene is kind of it. It's kind of interesting though, because it um, it's like the first time that she and Donna really interact outside of the pilot. 
Um, yeah, it's a very interesting scene because Audrey's super weird throughout it. Donna's totally normal. <laughs> you also have to. Uh, I, I'm glad we touched on this again because um, there's a part in that scene that I love. It's a very slight motion that Mary Jo Deschanel does, um, where <laughs> Audrey's starting to dance. Donna's looking on like this girl's kind of weird, but she's all right in my book. Uh, Mary Jo Deschanel gives Donna's dad just the, the slightest look of like, look over there, look at that fucking weirdo. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just, it's the perfectly appropriate response to someone just getting up and like gyrating like that. And I love it. Yeah. That's definitely a uh, very uh, weird scene at mm-hmm. least. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I supposed to get out of their conversation? It seems she talks about kind of flirting. I mean, it was flirting with, Agent Dale Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. Who I I guess at this point we can say he has a thing for teenage girls. <laughs> well, uh I think David Lynch has a thing for teenage girls on his behalf. Um, oh, it still is it's still char- it's still a character though. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um No, I don't think you're supposed to get so much uh nothing so specific out of that interaction because it's already been established that Laura worked with Johnny. And so it's, it's, um, I think, I think it's mostly just opening the floodgates for them to kind of be more friendly with one another. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's basically, it's kind of like the platonic meat cute in a way. For sure. But yeah, obviously, obviously the best uh, music cue was the one that you mentioned. Pennsylvania six five thousand. Pennsylvania six five thousand. Pennsylvania six five thousand. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I guess on to uh, favorite character next. Let's do it. So I am gonna. I I, <laughs> I have a, a character that I think is probably your favorite in my back pocket, but I'm gonna let you field this one first, just to confirm whether or not I'm right in my guess. Yeah. So it's Cooper's off the table, right? Uh, I think so. There has to be like some sort of statute of limitations for when you get to we we get to reinstate him as but on the table. He's always the coolest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's what makes it just a cheat answer though. It's just like okay. Every, the favorite character besides Dale Cooper. AKA Should we have a segment Dutch. called "Is Dale Cooper Not the Coolest Character"? <laughs> that could that could uh, be immediately be, that could be immediately could be. before the favorite character bit of just okay. Before sure. we get into favorite character, is it Dave, right. Dale Cooper? Yes. Okay. No. Are we agreeing that Dale Cooper is the coolest in this in the scene or in the in the episode? Uh, yeah. Well, coolest. Sure. You're talking about cool factor. He can't yeah. be beat. Yeah. Or, or or favorite. I mean, you know what I mean. Mm. Um, yeah, 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 you got it. You have to give it to him. Who am I going to go with this week? I think I'm going to have to go with Mr. Horn. What's his name? The dad or the uncle? The dad. Ooh, that, that threw me off. Um, it could be, I don't think Jerry did enough. In this episode? I thought you were going to go for Jerry. I thought you were going to go for Jerry. I'm getting close, though. I think Jerry brought something out in Ben that made me like him a lot. (laughs) I just think the way he's in front of his family and ignoring them, (laughs) enjoying the sandwich. Sure. And then, yeah, tagging along while they go uh, have sex with ladies in adjacent rooms. Actually, you know what? For my answer, I'm going to say combined Ben and Jerry. Oh, okay. So I'm ben going, and the, ice, going yeah. the ice cream special. Sure. Ben and Jerry are my favorite character uh, for the episode. They're yeah. great. Sure. They're they're a good team. Um, they ride a cigarette boat together Jesus. to a casino. Is that casino on an island? Uh, I don't think it's on an island. It's it's over. It's across the border into okay. Canada. Um, Where prostitution with teenage girls is legal i don't know it's definitely not (laughs) okay (laughs) i don't really know i think it's just like so out of the way and like they're just uh is it legal no i don't 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. It could be. Yeah. It's Canada. Who knows what's going on there? Um, but um, who do you have for your favorite character? Uh, so uh, Dale Cooper excluded. Um, yeah. And I'll have you know that the main reason why I pun- uh, I acknowledge that he's the coolest in this episode is because of the last scene in the episode when he talks to Harry Truman. That's great. Uh, I love it. I love it. Creepiness and all. Um, oh, can I give can mm-hmm. I give one more uh, reason for Ben and Jerry as a as a unit? Sure. But uh, I believe it's Jerry's quote. Next stop, rocket science. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Just the interrupting of the most ridiculous Shakespeare recitation. Yeah. Where's the new girl? All right. Who do you got? All right. Um, For me, I have to go with the man from another place. Mm -hmm. Honestly. It's weird to call him a character, but goddamn, I love just everything that's going on in that dream. I feel like he doesn't do enough to be called a character. He does more than uh, uh, moonwalking guy, so I'm, I'm giving it to him. That's true. Yeah, but um, I just like I he can... has lines, and it's not the last time we're gonna see him. It's true, but we don't know anything about him other than he likes to dance. Yeah, he, he talks backwards. Yep, and he lives inside a dream space. Yes, uh, and he's yeah, it's it's just someone that uh, Dale Cooper is communing with yeah he also assures him that his favorite gum is going to come back in style they mentioned so that. that yeah yeah okay bazooka joe I'm yeah sure so i yeah i i guess i it, is, it, is it fair to say that he's not in it enough to be considered a character he he has a name and he has lines so I, at some point he's going to be given a name so he'll be in it more Oh, he, the name is never uttered, um, okay. but his name is the man from another place. Sure. Why not? Why not David Lynch? <laughs> um, uh, they, they might give him a name in like fire walk with me, which is the movie. Um, I did not know there was a movie. Yeah. Great. By the way, there's a movie. I have actually never seen the movie. I've actually been meaning to, uh, it's an, oversight in my twin peaks fandom but it's not on netflix and i haven't really uh psyched myself up to shell out the three dollars to rent it on amazon or whatever Um, fair enough yeah so but for now in the show he's the man from another place and i love it every time he's on the screen absolutely i'm well i'm excited you're implying that he's going to be on the show more Mm because i want to see more from him yeah um i guess next is favorite scene Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Mike, you want to take it first? Yeah. So <laughs> that's the I problem think... with like legitimately weird episodes is that sometimes the answers are just too obvious. You know? Yeah. So I want to say my favorite scene is the the Tibet scene of figuring sure. out who's guilty yeah. via throwing rocks. I, I won't take that away from you. Uh, I'll take it off the table because we've talked about it a lot. So I want to say a kind of similar scene, and that's the scene where the and and I really enjoyed the scene a lot when the FBI for Sonic people come in and Alfred and his men. Yeah, Alfred and his men come in, Mm -hmm. and there was a lot I really liked about that scene. They have the little conversation beforehand, warning him that he's not a good people person. (laughs) Tweaks his nose, which is adorable. It's great. Um, the secretary has the Tibet book, which is a hilarious joke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There, there's he's not great with people, but he's not like as bad as it sounded before. Until yeah. until he starts like almost yelling at them, and he's very mean. <laughs> until he just openly insults everyone, and then Truman like attacks him. Yeah, and Cooper's response is like, "Cool, could <laughs> you just give him a thumbs up?" <laughs> Yeah, you know, he's uh, he has to stick up for himself. Got this big city slicker coming up into the countryside being like, hey, this is how we do things. And Coop's like, oh, man, this is how these people do things. It's all yeah, good, it was, baby. It was just such a weird interaction where Cooper seemed to enjoy everything that was going on. <laughs> like, th- their fight was something Cooper legitimately was, like, smiling about. Yeah. I, I think it's also just, like, he knows that neither of them, like, really have 
the teeth to back up the barks that they're yeah barking i, I, had, a, I, had, a, I had a big old smile on my face the whole time it was great sure. yeah no yeah it, it's it's uh it's well done it's good for scene. sure what do you got for your favorite scene so uh if we're removing the tibet scene i think i also have to remove my actual favorites favorite scene because we've yeah. talked about it a lot what is it is, well just tell me what it is oh it's the dream it has to be the dream uh, yeah okay i oh god just i it's great I think I can appreciate it more when I've seen more of the show. But at this point, <laughs> it's literally just nonsense coming to my head. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> so it might actually just be nonsense. It, it's it's something where you have to. Uh, so <laughs> David David Lynch is known for like people have referred to his work. Uh, affectionately as really reveling in dream logic mm-hmm. um, where not everything needs to be actively explained and he doesn't really pull in uh, external symbols or symbolism really like all of the symbolism in his works is usually very self-contained um, so it, it's very hard to kind of discern what the hell is going on in the dream this early on in the show because you can't really pull from outside of the dream too much, like outside of the show too much. Cause he's not really dealing with anything from outside of the show. Like you can't look to why is the walls red? Why is the floor that pattern? Why is he talking backwards? Cause none of that really is being pulled in from anything outside of the show. It's just all something that happens within the show. And you need to use the show as context to explain some of the things, but not <laughs> okay. everything is going to be explained. Okay. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah. Um, Pretty great. So if if that if you aren't going to talk about that one, which one will you talk about? Uh, man, if I had remembered the nose grabbing, like the nose pinching, um, that might have been. <laughs> that might have also been because, like, then there's also the just like Lucy being uh, spunky and like giving Albert the tongue. Mm-hmm. When he turns around. Oh yeah, that's that's a tiny little thing I loved. Yeah, just adorable. Um, being adorable. Um, but uh, since you already took that as well, uh, I guess I have to go with. I I still really like the scene with Bobby, Mike, and Leo in the woods. Mm-hmm. Again, Leo's kind of wooden, kind of stiff. Yeah. Yeah, that is what it is. But just the tension that that scene creates. Is great. I just think it's really well done. Yeah. And if if my other two options are off the table, I think that's going to be my follow up. Okay. It, yeah. yeah, it's a good scene. I hey, I love seeing Bobby and Mike out there. Bobby's but, Bobby's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. It's just it's a scene that's got strong fundamentals. Yeah. Might not oh. be Duncan, but it's got fundamentals. Not my favorite scene, but a scene with just good acting was when Bobby meets up with. What's Leo's girlfriend again? Shelly. Shelly, when Bobby and Shelly meet up, good acting. Very yeah. happy with what was going on. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, if he ever does this again to you, oh, I loved it. I, Dude, uh, Bobby, Bobby's uh, pretty great. He's, I love to hate him. Fantastic. Yeah. I want to say it, the actor's name is like Dana Ashbrook or something like that. Um, to bring it back to Game of Thrones, as me and uh, Mr. Lynch were talking about. Sure. Um, well, mostly Lynch. I, but... I, I love... Uh, I love Joffrey on Game of Thrones, <laughs> and he's such a good villain, and he yeah. does such a good job of portraying the villain. Yeah, and no, I, it, I always hear people be like, "Oh, I want Joffrey to die." It's well, I don't know if he. I again, I haven't caught up other than. I, uh, I'm surprised David didn't uh, go through that with you. Um, he, yeah, he didn't mention what happened to him, but I, I but I, 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 I want him to stick around. He's great. He's a great villain. Right. Yeah. No, he is. Yeah, I I don't think that's something I could really like appreciate until recently. I don't know what it was, but like, just really appreciating just the worst people and things that make the drama better. Because uh, mm-hmm. you need that. You can't you can't just be a moral scion going through everything. Like I don't like that guy. He needs to go. Like, exactly. No. Yeah. Exactly. It's great, it, it, great drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess. It, I guess we're kind of wrapping up. I think maybe a good way to close up this episode. Yeah is uh, we can play uh, the part of my interview where David Lynch talks about Game of Thrones season one. Oh. 
Yeah, uh, that that could work. Yeah, so let's uh, drop that in. And uh, I guess, uh, uh, what was our catchphrase? Peak on twinning, everybody. Peak on twinning, yep. Uh, <laughs> God damn it, I hate that catchphrase so much. And we'll see you next week. So, Mr. Lynch, I guess go ahead, tell me, summarize all five, all four seasons of Game of Thrones for me. No. Okay, well, <laughs> I thought you wanted to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bye. <laughs>